0: Hey, moms, welcome to the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson. If you don't know much about me, I'm married to Daryl. We have been married for almost 30 years. Our kids are ages 14 to 28. There are eight of them. Five are boys, three are girls, and we also have six grandkids. I am so thankful to be here today, but I also really want to thank you for being here and for listening I know that there are a million other voices that you could be listening to right now, but you've chosen to be here. And I want you to know that I don't take this lightly. I count it a privilege that you are allowing me to speak into your life. And I hope and pray that I'm faithful to speak what God would want me to say, nothing more, nothing less. But most of all, my prayer is that you will hear from God personally, in a very real and personal and powerful way. I've asked moms what topics that they would like me to cover. Anxiety has been one that I've gotten a lot of response on, so I have done actually several on anxiety, not just because of the response, but because it's a personal struggle for me as well. If you want to hear the other podcasts, they are podcasts 7, 8, 9, 67, and 72. Today's podcast on anxiety is focusing on a journey toward contentment. So like I said before, I, I ask moms what topics they would like me to cover. And a while back, a couple of different moms asked me to talk about contentment. Now I, my, my practice is uh, to pray and to listen for what I feel like God is wanting me to talk about each week. And until now, it really wasn't contentment. But I have found that this topic is being weaved into my own personal life in a way that I really didn't expect. Now, most of you know that I've talked about my own struggle with anxiety, several times on this podcast. I mentioned that before. And I also mentioned that I have received more feedback from that topic than most others, which tells me two things. One, that none of us are alone in our struggles with anxiety. And you know what? That's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants for us to feel alone and to feel isolated. And this is why I think it's so important for us to talk about it. But I think it's important for us to talk about it with with faith in mind, with wanting to encourage one another in our faith uh, through this struggle. So this uh, response that I've gotten from moms, it's telling me that none of us are alone, and that can be a real comfort. The second thing that it's telling me is that God is calling me to continue to be transparent by continuing to tell my story. I also believe that He wants us um, as moms to be able to have these conversations with each other and feel safe having these conversations, but not just stop at having anxiety in common. He wants us to, like the Bible says, spur one another on, toward love and good work. So how can we encourage each other to trust God in the midst of anxiety? And how can we pray for each other? How can we um, pray effectively for one another as we um, walk this journey together? So as I share my story today, um, I pray that God will give you peace as he brings clarity about your own struggles with anxiety. I also want you to be praying about how God might want to use your own story to encourage someone else. What I'm finding is you don't have to have it all together to be an encouragement to someone else. I do not have it all together. I don't have all the answers. The only reason I get on this podcast and share is because slowly God is revealing things to me. It's not all the answers. It's not found in... Um, self-helpism. That's not what this is about. What I see happening is as my story and my struggle with anxiety is unfolding, and it really is a story that God is writing, um, I'm finding that my faith is deepening and he's showing me some very rich truths in the midst of it. I remember um, sharing, I don't know if you remember, if you listened to the other podcasts on anxiety uh, that I've done, uh, in one of them, I talked about how God had led me to really dive into the Psalms, and that was about mid-May. So I did that. Every day, I would take one Psalm. If it was a really long Psalm, I would cut it in half and just read half of it. I would read the study notes. Um, I would pray through it. I would make my own notes on on the verses that stood out to me and, and the notes uh, in my study Bible that stood out to me. Um, I have the New Living Translation study Bible. Um, I would really highly recommend that one. I really, really have enjoyed it and gotten a lot out of it. But right now I'm on chapter 65 in the Psalms. So I'm right about halfway through, a little more than halfway through. And I'm telling you, the Psalms are absolutely rich with biblical truths and deep thoughts and understandings about who God is. And this is the thing about anxiety. I've found that when my heart and my mind are focused on him, my anxiety really begins to dissipate. And I think I've talked about this before. Where are we putting our hope and our confidence? So much of the time, it's easy to put our hope and confidence in our circumstances or in our um, us being able to help ourselves or change our behavior or change our habits, and the truth is, we need him. We need him to transform us. And I don't know if you guys remember that song about uh, it. It's "Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus." look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And that's the power of God at work in our lives, moms. It is amazing how effective that can be when it comes to anxiety. But as I was saying, um, I began to go through the Psalms and what I noticed is after about three weeks, because it was kind of like grinding gears for about three weeks because I was starting a new habit. And I don't know if you know anything about starting new habits, but it's a common um, theme that uh, it takes about three weeks to to start a habit that begins to become more natural and feel more more normal. And so all that grinding of gears um, finally kind of started to smooth out. And I noticed that my heart was beginning to be transformed. Um, I'm not saying all my troubles went away. I'm saying I saw progress and I saw a noticeable change after those few weeks. Well, recently, God has challenged me to start another new habit. So this habit in the Psalms wasn't just about studying the Psalms and taking the notes. It was also about connecting with the heart of God, because that is so much what the Psalm, that is a theme in the Psalms, is connecting with the heart of God. Because if if you've read through the Psalms at all, you know there's a lot of, enemies involved, a lot of talk about enemies, a lot of struggles, a lot of grief, and a lot of just um, really deep heart struggles. And it's all verbalized out loud in the Psalms. And, and this is the beauty of it is that um, what that shows us is that we can tell God anything, anything, and He cares about all of it. And you'll notice as you read through the Psalms that He never looks down on the sufferer. He never makes fun of them. He never mocks them. He is always empathetic and sympathetic and ready to help. But it's about us connecting with him in a very, very real way. You know, sometimes when we're suffering from anxiety, it's almost paralyzing and we become numb and we go to pray and our hearts really aren't in it. And that was so, that was another part of that new habit that I was starting to really connect my heart with His when I was praying. Think about what I was praying about and um, attach my emotions and my heart to those prayers. Um, so that habit began to develop. And, like I said a few minutes ago, um, recently, God has kind of laid it on my heart to begin another new habit and this is one of slowing my heart and my mind and my body every time i'm tempted to be anxious now this can be really really challenging but i'm telling you it is effective when i take the time to just i if when i start to feel my heart racing and moving forward because What I find is that anxiety is really about running ahead of God, just running ahead and worrying about this thing, that thing, and the next thing, and trying to solve all these problems before you're even there and deal with all these things before you're even there instead of being in the moment. And God has been so clearly saying to me, be present, be right where you are in that moment, whoever you're talking to, engage fully with that person you're talking to and engage your heart. So all of these, these practices that he's having me do with him, he's wanting me to do it with the people around me and, and, um, and just with whatever I'm putting my hand to you know, to be thanking God. I have this wonderful king size bed with really comfy bedding, you know, just be making my bed and thankful that I can be up and making my bed in the morning and that I've got this comfortable bed to sleep in. And, you know, just small little things like that where we're really engaging in what God has given us in that moment. You know, I shared a meme the other day on Facebook and... It said this, God is still writing your story. Quit trying to steal the pen. Trust the author. Even when I shared this, I actually didn't fully see how true it was in my own life. But as I pondered it more and saw it over and over again, I realized how true it really is. And so I'm going to um, revisit my story. Some of you have heard a little bit of the background. Um, I'll share a little bit of that again in case this you haven't heard any of of this, the rest of the story. But. I have been struggling with lots of anxiety for about 18 months. So some is related to physical challenges, hormones. um, I've had adrenal fatigue, some mold toxicity. Um, Yay for living in the South, right? (laughs) <laughs> the mold issue was fixed, but I think I was my system was already depleted, and that's why I was so vulnerable to it. So um, throw all, all of that into the pot, and you've got quite a mix um, that's actually a perfect storm for lots of anxiety, and, um, and that's where I've been. So if I back up just a little bit, over the years when all the kids were home and I was busy homeschooling, and raising them, very busy at home. But every now and then, anxiety very similar to what I've been feeling now um, would rear its head, but it would just be for a very short time. I seemed to recover quickly and I could push through with the energy that being younger and being motivated actually brings. And mostly, actually, I believe that it was God's grace, more than anything. Because often when these uh, during these times when this would happen, I would have a very short, fleeting moment where God would whisper to me something like this, this is something you will need to go head to head, toe to toe with someday, but I'm not calling you to that in this season because it would be too much. For now, I'm graciously giving you energy and a different purpose. So God... Allowed me to get a little glimpse of uh, part of how I'm put together, part of how I'm wired, but also something that um, was problematic. But he did not make me go head to head, toe to toe to it in that moment. He allowed me to really focus on raising our kids. But I, there was this little, you know, just this little feeling that I knew that someday I was going to have to really be dealing with it. And that day has come. So fast forward, uh, six of our eight kids leave in six years. We move across the country. We land in a very different place than we have ever lived. We move from Washington state to North Carolina. We move to a slow tourist town, um, and I believe we're here first and foremost because God's hand was very, very clear in leading us here. And you know, before we moved, you know, you have all these reasons that seem so clear, and they were clear. I know it was God giving us these reasons, they were motivating us and giving us the energy we needed to move. But I knew in my heart of hearts, because I've experienced this before, that although that would be our motivation and what would energize us to get us here, the ultimate purposes were going to be very, very different. And um, and I was right, at least in my own life. God had uh, something that He wanted me to walk through, and that's what I'm walking through right now. And I look back and I think, boy, if I could have chosen this path, I would not have chosen it. But God knew what it took to get me where He wanted me to be. And so, I just say that because I feel like sometimes we make decisions and we really believe God is leading us, and He is, but He's leading us into something harder than we could have ever imagined. And the enemy can mess with our minds when it comes to that. He can be telling us, oh, you didn't see, you didn't really hear from God. And there's All this huge ripple effect, domino effect that can happen from that kind of thinking, that alone will make us anxious. So, if you find yourself in a position right now that you believe God actually ultimately led you to because He's sovereign and He's good, right? But it's really, really, really hard, don't let the enemy fool you. I just need to say that. Don't let him get a foothold. He is genius at this, but don't let him do it. So we're here where we are because God led us here. One of the main reasons we moved is that my husband wanted to open a vacation rental because he really needed a change in his career. He had faithfully provided for 10 of us on one income. We actually do a podcast on that together. Um, So he's been working hard for a long, long time. And I felt like a piece of this was honoring him and his faithfulness over all of these years. This was his dream. This is what he wanted to do. And God gave me good reasons and motivation to want to come as well. But I felt like that was one of the things that I needed to do for him. The hard part was We had adult kids that lived back, um, you know, back where we moved from and we were going to have to leave them and even a couple of grandkids. And that, if I thought about that too long, it just broke my heart. But every time it came to mind and I would bring it to the Lord, how am I going to do this? Lord, why would you have me leave some of these kids that um, I just love and I don't want to be uh, this far away from them? He would say, don't worry about it. I have got this under control. You just keep your hand to the plow and keep doing what I tell you to do and go where I tell you to go. So I did that. And what ended up happening as we began to pack up and prepare to leave, several of our kids decided to come with us, including one married daughter with a couple of grandkids. And she has had, um, and of course our son-in-law, But she's also had another baby since we got here. So we did bring a few grandkids here with us, and that was such a sweet, sweet gift. But most of our kids came with us, so we've got five kids here. We have one in Washington State, one in Idaho, and one in Colorado, but his job takes him all over the place, so we would probably never live close to him anyway. So that's kind of where all of that landed, and we feel very, very blessed A couple of years before we moved, um, we sold a house that our family had built together. I swore I would never move out of that house because we built it with our kids. And God moved on my heart. My husband kept suggesting it. He finally quit talking about it because I was giving him such a hard time. And finally, I surrendered that to the Lord because I felt like um, it was becoming a, a, div- a divisive thing between us, a wall between us. And I just one day, I remember exactly where I was. I was walking outside in the front of the house and I said, Lord, I don't want anything between my husband and me. And I feel like this has become a, a divisive. So I'm just going to take the leap of faith. And Lord, if you want... Um, if you want things to be different, would you please change one of our minds? In my mind, in the back of my mind, I thought God was gonna change my husband's mind. I was pretty sure, you know, we needed to stay in that house. Oh no, God changed my mind. And I told my husband, I'm open to selling the house. Long story short, this, the house sold. Um, and while we waited for direction, because we really weren't sure where God wanted us after that, we ended up moving two more times, So we moved a total of about three times in two years um, and then across the country after that. So my life has kind of been in crisis mode for quite a while and uh, my body began to feel the repercussions. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because I don't think we all realize how um, often life changes and life seems to change in big ways um, in the world we live in big moves across the country, lots of, uh, fragmented, um, things going on families. I I don't even know how to explain it. I know a lot of families who have moved from the West coast over to the East coast for various reasons. And so I, you know, there's just a lot job changes, um, a lot of different big life defining moments, adding children, um, losing family members, losing friends, grief, death, um, divorce. All of these things take their toll on us mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and often physically. And what can happen is we can end up in what's called adrenal fatigue, Um it's a really tough thing to diagnose and it's a tough thing to treat. But really what it comes down to is um, just being really mindful that we're dust and our bodies cannot, can only handle so much. And God will equip us to do what he puts in front of us to do. But I think often we forget that there might be a recovery time. And so if you're in that place right now, I would encourage you to take the time to pull back and ask God if you need to take some time to recover. And my guess is you probably already know, even as I'm talking, um, if that's you or not. So my body began to feel these repercussions. And when I felt like I wasn't recovering, I began to see an integrative doctor. I always thought it would be a good idea to go to an integrative doctor and find out uh, where my body was, deal with any issues in a more natural way. And I still believe that that's a really good thing to do. However, um, there's a caveat with that and I'll explain it in a minute. My husband was supportive of me doing this, but he kind of felt like it could be a rabbit hole, um, kind of a tar baby if you know what that is, where once you go down the hole, um, you can't find your way back out. And I just thought he was being kind of cynical. And so I I went ahead and moved forward with it. And um, a year later and thousands of dollars later, I, I'm no better off. And I am not saying that an integrative doctor can't be helpful. I do believe that they can be very, very helpful. But in my situation, and I'm sure, I'm sure that I did receive some help, but physically and in, in, in many, many ways, I don't feel a whole lot better. And so I got to thinking about that realizing that I think my husband was right and that I needed to pull back from this. Um, The other thought that went through my mind is, God, really, I mean, I was really almost just praying this, Lord, how can it be that only the wealthy get to be healthy, right? Right. That's what I was thinking. Like, you know, here I chose this route that was, I felt like more healthy, better for my body, you know, natural supplements, blah, 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 as opposed to prescriptions. And I'm not opposed to prescriptions. Let me just clarify that. My personal choice is to take a more natural route. And that's what I thought I was doing. But then I got to thinking about it. Why wouldn't God um, provide something that anyone could afford, right? I mean, I realize there's some, some, some leeway on that, but my point is that if you're struggling with your health um, and you just feel really burdened that you can't afford to go to an expensive doctor or take a bazillion expensive supplements, I want to stop right now and say something to you. God is sovereign over your life. He knows your budget. He knows where you are. I believe that he can make a way, either provide the money or provide the resources or simply heal you through other means that don't cost a lot of money. I believe that is God's heart toward health care. So I just want you to be encouraged with that. So like I said, I've experienced a lot of frustration with not really feeling much better and experiencing loads of anxiety in the midst of it, right? Because you just, why am I not feeling better? So I was talking with a friend who is really, really good at helping me to keep things simple. It wasn't even an intentional conversation that I meant to have with her. It just sort of happened in passing, which is so like God to do that. I didn't go out seeking it. I was seeking him. But he brought this conversation along, and there was just so much gentleness in the conversation, and this particular person is really uh, knowledgeable. I think she has a degree in uh, physiology, um, a college degree, and she has a a great interest in health. And so we began to talk some things out, and she told me about uh, something that she had done recently with her husband and thought it might possibly be a good idea for me, and there was no financial benefit for her in it. This wasn't like a multi-level marketing thing. It was just one friend telling another friend about something. So I talked to my husband about it, and he agreed. So let me back up a little bit. Um, You know, my husband was not keen on the integrative doctor idea, but he allowed me to go ahead and do it because he just felt like I should do what I feel led to do, But I went back to him and I said, you know, you were right. And I realized this is something I needed to learn and I needed to walk through. But it reminded me again how important it is to listen to what our husbands have to say. It is so easy to blow them off because we know them so well. And sometimes we're like, oh, he's just being this way or he's just being that way. And I'm learning and being reminded again that when I'm going to talk to my husband about something, I pray first. I say, God, will you speak through him to me? Because this is the beauty of being Christian wives. God has an order to things, He has put our husbands over us, not to lord it over us, but to be our gentle covering. And, you know, my husband is not perfect, he struggles to be in the Word, Um, he knows the Lord. But it's like we sometimes feel like if our husbands don't do all of that stuff faithfully and they aren't like super, you know, super strong, enthusiastic, leader, Christian men in the church that we can't trust their judgment. And you know what? Nothing could be further from the truth. God has given your husband to you specifically. And I believe he will speak through your husband to you about these things. And that's what I've been praying for. I I realized I was missing out on that part of my relationship with my husband by not spending more time inquiring of him. In Proverbs, it says, um, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and he directs it like a water course wherever he wants it to go. And someone was telling me that that's how she looks at her husband. You know, he's the king of the house. We're the queen of the house. But God directs his heart like a water course wherever he wants it to go. Whether they're, you know, in the word every day or not, that is their place in our lives. And we can trust God to speak to them. And obviously, we're not going to agree on everything. But I just want to encourage you to maybe pursue that a little bit more in your relationship with your husband. And you know what's really cool about that? Our husbands feel so respected when we do that. And you know, I don't know if you know this, but women tend to really have, uh, our greatest need is to feel loved. But you know what? A guy's greatest need for the most part is to feel respected. That's how different they are than us. So when we go to them with things and we say, hey, I really respect your opinion and I really believe God can use you to help me with this problem. Um, What do you think? And I have found over and over and over again that my husband has really good advice. And it's usually not complicated. I overthink and overcomplicate things and he'll come to me with an answer. And this is one of the reasons I've blown him off is because it seems too simplistic. But I'm learning and relearning that God wants to use him in my life. So I talked to my husband about this little detox program that I was thinking about doing and he agreed that I should do it. He said it was the first thing that he had felt real peace about and so um, so we moved forward with it and I feel like it's the right thing for me right now. I don't know what the result will be, but I'm praying over it. I won't lie. I've had fears that this won't work, fears that nothing will change and everything will be exactly the same when my three months are over doing this detox. So I took that fear and I turned it into prayer. And my point in telling you this is that anxiety can sometimes simply be a call to prayer. Engaged prayer, like I mentioned before, heartfelt prayer, sincere prayer, honest prayer where we are really connecting with God. So I've been praying over these supplements. The other thing is that this particular detox I'm doing is a very doable one that wasn't overwhelming, felt like it fit into the life I already have, and didn't kind of send me over the edge. My whole life didn't have to revolve around it. And that was another piece to it that sort of confirmed that it's something that I was supposed to do. So I'm praying over the supplements. Because here's the deal. They will only work if God activates them. And that's what I pray for every day. God, these vitamins don't mean anything if you're not gonna do something and make them work. If you're not going to activate them, they've got to carry, be carried through my body with your power for healing. And there's healing that needs to happen alongside of the physical healing because this fatigue and all of that really brings... Um, makes me a lot more vulnerable to anxiety, Um, I have to focus on my walk with the Lord. I have to focus on um, being intentional and trusting Him when my body is screaming something else. So right now I'm going into my fourth week on these supplements and guess what? I'm experiencing more fatigue than less, but it has propelled me into deeper healing in so many other ways. Um, I've talked to my friend again. We've come up with a couple other things that we're going to add to try to uh, help my body get going. I think it's struggling to get going in the healing process, and so um, we can add a couple things to that. But the other night, I was laying in bed, and I was not able to sleep. I was asking God, what in the world is going on? And he reminded me that part of what I need was laying in bed next to me. That was my husband. I mentioned before, my husband is not perfect. But as I mentioned before, whenever I come to him with problems, he always seems to hear from God. His answers are simplistic. Um, And like I said, sometimes I blow them off because of that. And I just want to encourage you all to not do that, to really think and pray through his answers. So what my husband told me as I shared my heart with him the next day, because I had sort of been not sharing it, I've been carrying it myself because I didn't want him to feel the burden of what I was feeling. I didn't want to come across as a nagging or complaining wife. And, um, but what he said to me, he said, you are in a season of being able to rest Like six of the kids are gone. We have two very easy teenagers who are pretty low key. Our life isn't super demanding as far as uh, being demanding of me. I don't have a big house to take care of. Our house is much smaller. Um, I've got a couple kids to help me with that. Um, I don't have to go to work every day. But when he he would say these things, I would hear this as, uh, what are you complaining about? You've got it so good. That's what I had been hearing as he was giving me these simplistic answers. All of a sudden, I realized that morning when I talked to him that that is not what he was saying. He went on to say that it actually really upsets him when I don't enjoy what he has provided for me. He has provided so that I don't have to work and I can take this season of rest. And he wants me to take it and I keep fighting it And I keep uh, worrying about it and being anxious about it. Wow. Like this is where contentment comes in. How is our anxiety sending a message to those around us, especially our husbands and our kids, that we are simply discontent and unhappy? They know when we're unhappy, but how will they know not to blame themselves? Wow, that was really convicting for me. So I started living out moment by moment like what my husband described to me and what God had laid on my heart to do when I really, and when I really listen what my body is screaming for. So I began to notice little things um, along the way as I started to do this. I've had a hard time landing in this particular place that we live because it's so different than where we lived before. And um, just so many new things. And I was having a hard time feeling at home. But as I began to walk out this living in the moment and engaging in the moment thing and walk out, walking out more slowness that God has put me in, um, I realized that He has put me in a slow Southern town where I actually can go slowly and no one cares because they're not in a hurry either. What a blessing that is. I realized what a blessing that is, how in so many ways God has put me right where I need to be to walk through this season of life, including the town that he put me in. So by doing these things and slowing down, um, I realized how much I have been running ahead of what God is doing. Taking the pin, like I mentioned before, and trying to write the story instead of letting him write the story. So when I start to feel anxiety or foggy-brained, instead of going faster, I do the opposite. I slow down both in mind and body. Now, can I just say, first of all, I do not have this down pat at all. I am still very much in the early stages of practicing this and making it a habit but I'm working on it. Sometimes I lay down for a little while and I pray and I allow God to clear my mind. I don't scroll through social media. I try to fix my mind on one thing at a time. I even avoid multitasking when it causes me to feel stressed or anxious. Now I realize that as busy moms, that isn't always possible, but what is possible for you? where is the peace? If you slow down and really listen, you'll find that God has a peaceful place for you. In the midst of this life with your kids, he's sovereignly placed you right where you are. Now he can make a way of peace for you. One psalm that keeps coming back to mind over and over again, and, and is so very much related to this is Psalm 23. It says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. You hear that? Because he is my shepherd, I have all that I need. That, is, that answers the question, is he enough that I asked earlier? Is he enough? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Now, something I want to point out to you in this passage where it says, He leads me, He lets me rest in green meadows. God is all about rest. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Did you know that you can't drive sheep? You can only lead them. They will not be driven. I have owned sheep before, and when God calls us sheep, it is not a compliment. They very quickly get anxious and run all kinds of directions that are not safe. But the interesting thing is, that's exactly what he does. He leads us. He doesn't drive us. And the other thing is, did you know that sheep will not drink from moving water? They will only drink from still water. And sometimes, as the shepherd is trying to lead the sheep... To quiet, clean waters, the sheep doesn't realize that that's where the shepherd is leading him, and so the sheep will stop and drink just any old yucky water along the way. And how many times do we do that? We settle for a mud puddle when the shepherd wants to take us to a clear, clean, still stream. Let's not settle for less. I love the way it says that he you know, he leads us beside quiet waters, peaceful streams, renews our strength, guides us along right paths. And no, no matter where we go, even the darkest valley, sometimes anxiety can feel like a very dark valley, we do not need to be afraid because he is close beside us. His rod and his staff protect and comfort us. I love this part. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You know, we can feel all kinds of things as women. We can feel the enemy just pressing in. But here, this is saying God can prepare a feast in the midst of it. Isn't that amazing? Anointing our head with oil and and causing our cup to overflow with blessing with the enemy sitting right there. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So as we're talking through this and reading through this passage, do you hear where the contentment comes in? Realizing that this driven feeling does not come from God. He will not lead I mean, he will lead. He will not drive. He will compel, not propel. Can you hear the difference? One is very stressful and one is very peaceful. When I choose to slow my heart, when I'm feeling anxious, I'm saying that I trust that I trust that there will be enough time to do what He wants me to do. I trust that He is enough. I trust that He can write a much better story than I can. And in so doing, I am practicing contentment and I am letting God lead. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. I refer to this passage all the time, but I just feel like it's such a beautiful picture of our lives as Christian women. It's such a beautiful pattern to follow after, a pattern that Jesus wants to lead us in. And it's Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30. Um, I love to read it out of the Message Bible. Jesus is actually addressing the religious rules, the harsh religious rules of religion. And so many times, anxiety is related to these harsh rules and expectations that we put on ourselves. Not that we don't need to... Uh, meet a standard, not that we don't need to do what's right and be diligent and productive and disciplined. But there's a point at which it becomes uh, us going back to the law, the law. It becomes self-helpism. It? it becomes about us instead of about God leading us. So here's what Jesus said. Let him speak to you in the areas where you're feeling this. He says, "Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me." Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't do anything. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Moms, God wants to lift our burdens. He may ask us to do something hard, but I believe we can find peace in the midst of our difficult circumstances. Because he says right here, he's not putting anything heavy or ill-fitting on us. And he wants us to learn, as we walk alongside of him, unforced rhythms of grace. So there's a discipleship thing going on here. This is Jesus walking alongside of us through everything. And the beauty of this is we can pattern this in our own lives as moms with our kids. We can disciple our kids in the same way. So we, we allow Jesus to disciple us as we disciple our children. Do you remember that scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Philippians 4.13. I think every Christian has that one memorized. And more often than not, that is taken completely out of context. So what is the context? What about the passage just before that? Because that will give us context. Here's what it says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So where is our peace, you guys? It is in Christ Jesus. It's living in him and with him. Letting him disciple us. Letting him him lead us as the good shepherd. Then it goes on to say, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So here is how it works, you guys. He's talking about contentment. He goes on to talk about contentment. And then he says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. So this isn't about doing just anything and everything. This is about being content that Christ will give us the strength to be content in our circumstances. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. So what if God wants to use anxiety to bring us closer to him, to make us more like him. Recently, I was thinking about how often in the past, I would hear people talk about moments when all they could do was cry out to him, and I felt so sorry for them. So now, when I've had to do this over and over again, I've often ended up feeling sorry for myself, thinking how awful it is that I have to do this. And yet, what am I saying when I believe that? Am I saying that I shouldn't have to cry out to him? That to be needy is bad? You guys, this is firmly rooted in the belief of self-helpism, which is just a common belief system in our culture. And it is the total opposite of God's order and how we were created. I read somewhere the other day that the self-help industry is now worth about 9 billion dollars and in the next several years it'll jump to 13 billion. Because this is how we're wired, you guys. Our sinful nature wants to do it on our own. We want to believe that we can just uh, that we control everything, we can be whatever we want to be, that it's in totally in our hands and and, and this has actually crept into the church. And so when we suffer, we have the hardest time with that. We don't have a healthy, I call it a theology of suffering. God is going to call us to suffering. That is not a bad thing. If you have read stories about uh, the great people of faith, anyone who has been effective for the kingdom has walked through the fire over and over and over again this is part of living an effective christian life so we shouldn't feel bad that we have to cry out to them to him we don't have to feel bad that we're needy we are blessed We have a God who loves us and wants to help us and he wants to reveal himself to us in a very real and powerful way. But this whole idea of self-help is complete opposite of God's order and how we were created originally. We fight our sin nature, but we were created for him. We were created to serve him. We were created to be utterly and completely dependent on Him. And it's a beautiful thing, but it can be gears grinding. And I've been feeling that recently myself, but you know what? I say, let's just keep moving forward with this Lord. I want to walk in obedience to Him. So what if this anxiety we're feeling or this suffering we're walking through is training ground for what He has for us down the road? Have you ever thought of training as the same thing as discipline? That's described in Hebrews 12. It says this, as you endure this divine discipline, or you could call it training, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and not really his children at all. Anxiety can give the illusion of God being distant. But what if we are misinterpreting and it's actually His loving hand at work, training and disciplining us for our good and for His glory? Moms, we can be content in our circumstances, whatever they are, as we put our hope and confidence in Him, not in things changing, not in trying to control everything or keep up with expectations that God is not putting on us. You know, God is not obligated to strengthen us to do something that he isn't leading us to do. But like Paul said, we can be content because Christ will strengthen us to do just that. We are in a battle for our hearts and the hearts of our families because we play a very influential role. The enemy is not going to let us do so without a battle. And I believe anxiety is one of the most common things that he uses to distract us and lessen our effectiveness. I told you the other night I was laying in bed, and I don't know if this was the same night or a different night, but I was feeling anxious in the middle of the night, and I began to remember. You know, um, in, in the scriptures, God told the Israelites over and over again to remember what he had done, to pass that on to their children. They have a lot of festivals in the Jewish culture that are simply reminders to go back and visit where God met them in very real and powerful ways. So I began to go back to God leading the people of Israel out of Egypt. God's desire was to take them out of slavery and bring them into a land of abundance, a land flowing with milk and honey, a place of blessing. And, you know, that's really a parallel for us as Christians. God has taken us out of Egypt. Egypt is the world. It represents everything that is against God. And that's who we were. That's where we were. We were slaves to the world until God got a hold of us. And he wants, and he has saved us and brought us to himself. And he wants to work in our hearts and transform us and work in different areas of our life to bring us toward that promised land, a much better land than we ever, ever had back in Egypt. You know, sometimes we want to run back because we think, oh, it was so much easier there. It's so hard being a Christian. And yet all we're doing is throwing ourselves back into slavery, whether it's old habits, old ways of thinking. God was leading the people of Israel out of Egypt, bringing them to the promised land. And you know what? That trip took a lot longer because of their disobedience He wanted to bring them into this land of abundance. But there were some things they had to learn along the way. But I'm telling you, moms, God has blessing and abundance for you. I don't mean blab it and grab it kind of things. I mean deep heart blessings. He wants to reveal himself to you in a very real and powerful way. And I really believe that he can and will use the struggle of anxiety to do just That. The enemy wants to get a foothold. We do not have to let him. The power of the cross has authority over anything the enemy can throw at us. Let's dig in and stand firm on the trustworthiness and faithfulness of our God. Let's say no to anxiety and yes to full and complete trust in him and let's lift each other up and encourage one another to do the same thing and pray for each other. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you that you knew before time began that we would have the struggles that we have, that we would be in the situations that we're in. Lord, they can feel so messy and overwhelming and yet you are still God. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us for your kindness to us, Lord, for your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you that when we cry out to you, you answer us. Father, I pray for every mom listening and myself as we together join hands and move forward in faith as we struggle through this anxiety, Lord. We ask that you would reveal yourself to us in very real and powerful ways, and we wouldn't keep that to ourselves, Lord, but we would testify of your faithfulness to each other so that we can encourage one another and spur one another on toward love and good works. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.